Oh my gosh. I just had a bunch of hot Cheetos before I recorded this and all of it was in my teeth. <clears throat> Let me get that situated. Hello and we're back. I hope everyone enjoyed their long break. I know I did, um, but it's good to be back, baby. <laughs> Why did I just do that? I am making myself cringe. Wonderful. Anyways, um, yeah, we're going to jump right in. Our lesson from our survival kit is make Christ king. And let me give you all some context before we get into today's passages. Okay, so yes. Um, <laughs> I should probably silence my phone as well. Wow, it has been a while. So, okay, we're all good. Let me start again. So the Apostle Paul wrote letters to the churches that he planted throughout ancient Rome. And we saw this in previous lessons when we went over the Church of Corinth, if that rings a bell for y'all. Um, but in this book, Romans specifically, he's writing to a church that was made up of non-Jewish and Jewish people who were struggling with unity. So in these letters, he really wants to focus on explaining the gospel in completion. Um, so he starts out by exploring justification by faith. When people trust that Jesus is Christ's death and resurrection was for them, they're given a new status, new family, a new future, which is a transformed life in Christ. And in chapters five through eight, which is what we're going to touch on in this lesson and the next, he emphasizes how the gospel creates a new humanity through Jesus and the spirit, and that should reshape our lives as we enter that new humanity. Let's get into it. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 18. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who are once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. Amen. We are slaves to the one we obey. We're slaves to either the sin in our lives or the righteousness that comes from God. Which one is it in our own personal lives? I'm not going to lie. So a part of me when going through this lesson felt like, didn't we go through this? Like, haven't we reflected on this question enough in one way or another throughout these like survival kit lessons and just kind of like exhausted it at this point? But then I realized it's a good thing to constantly reflect on what we're worshiping in our lives. This is just life as a Christian, right? Like, this, that doesn't make this lesson 
what I'm trying to say is this lesson may sound familiar, but it's by no means redundant because what's important is that we continue to reflect on these things every day. The internal conflict of our human nature, our old human nature, and our new nature is ongoing. And every day, every moment, honestly, we're called to choose Christ over sin. Because when you become a Christian, that doesn't mean your human nature is immediately destroyed. We're all still sinners, right? Becoming a Christian means trusting in Jesus and joining in his life. What's true of Christ is now true of us, which frees us from slavery to sin and gives us the opportunity to love God wholeheartedly if we choose Christ. So, for example, when you get married, you become one with your spouse, yes, of course, but learning to act as one, to think as one, isn't immediate. Growing takes time, sanctification. Sanctification. Sanctification is a process. And just to clarify for those who may not know, sanctification is the process of being purified and freed from sin in context of the Bible and Christianity. Um, But yes, when Junior and I got engaged, his father gave us one piece of advice for a successful marriage. And I apologize Some of you probably already heard the story, but that one piece of of advice is commitment. He said, marriage is committing to choose each other every single day, no matter what kind of day it is, no matter what your feelings towards each other are at that moment in time, you have to commit to each other. And so far in our three plus years of marriage, that has proven to be true. And extremely challenging. I love this advice because this isn't just talking about like, oh, you have to be faithful to your partner and not cheat on them. Like it's it's so much more. It's about sanctification. So let me give a quick example. First year of our marriage was great, but it was rough. (laughs) Because on top of all the changes of like living together and all of that newlywed stuff, we were learning how to put each other's needs above our own. And that was way easier said than done, right? Like I'm specifically thinking of one night. This was very soon after we got married, like probably within like the first two weeks. But one night we get in this huge fight and we're in bed and Junior was so upset that He just like gave up on our conversation and went to sleep, which up until that point, we had always stuck to the don't go to sleep angry at each other rule. So I was extremely hurt. Like I was livid. So I got out of bed. I went to sleep in the guest room. And at one point, I even thought, I just need to leave. I need to go to my parents' house, which was vacant at the time. And just stay there because he refuses to understand me and I refuse to share a bed with him. But then God convicted me in that very moment. I'm not single anymore. I'm, I'm one with this man now. I need to choose us over myself. And it's laughable now, but like in that moment, oh, I swear, like 
I was sobbing so hard because it was it was literally that hard for me to lay down my pride and trust that God would make good out of it. Like it was so challenging that I was like sobbing like a child in that bed. But eventually I forced myself to walk back to our bed instead of running away to prove a point as satisfying as that that might have been for my pride. Like I yeah, I, I, I got back into bed. And as soon as I did, I knew I had made the right decision. And don't worry, there's like a happy ending. Junior woke back up and we talked it all out at 2 a.m. But moral of the story is sometimes choosing to do what's right is really costly. But God always uses it for his good when we do. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Before you get too excited, the good in this verse doesn't refer to earthly material things. It's talking about being more like Christ and fellowship with him. Actually, if we go back one paragraph in this chapter, verse 18, one of my favorite verses, reads... For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Revealed to us. It's so easy to fall into this way of thinking. I know I still do, but the rewards we get for following Christ isn't success, money, or our lives going how we want it to go. Because that's the prosperity gospel, which is false. Like, if you want to believe in that, you have to go somewhere else, honey. Like, this ain't the church, right? The reward is the glory we'll experience in eternity with Christ. I love what Pastor Sue said. He said, sanctification, not satisfaction. Sanctification, not satisfaction. It's so easy to submit to our sinful nature because a lot of times we're seeking what we think will satisfy us instead of choosing to trust in Christ. Some of you may be like, okay, great, Pauline, all this talk about our sinful nature versus our new nature, but how will we actually know if our new nature is in control? Well, when we take the focus off of ourselves and put it onto Christ. Oh, that is a work message. Please ignore. And we'll see that by the choices we make. Pastor Sue put it this way. Every day, you're either becoming more and more a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. And I agree with that statement. The more you choose something, the more natural it will become. Like if you start smoking, it's so easy to smoke again. If you start gossiping, it's so easy to keep gossiping. There's like so many other examples. But, um, you know, like even if we go back to the personal marriage example that I gave earlier, like first year of marriage, Junior and I felt like two separate machines running on the same track. But now after like committing to choosing us over just me so many times, there's now like a deeper understanding and appreciation for each other. And it's an intentional thought that's like always in the front of our minds now. It almost feels natural. Like we still have misunderstandings, but it's a lot less. And we're starting to feel more like one machine on one track, you know? I don't know how to explain it. Maybe I'll cut this out. But yeah, if you're listening to this and you're a Christian who's struggling with sin, getting really discouraged about it, just remember that 
sanctification is a long process. There will always be peaks and valleys that we go through. Take some time to meditate and pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas in your life that you need to take your focus from and like put on to Christ. Look back at your life and reflect on God's faithfulness and give him praise for it. Choosing Christ to be king in our lives is costly, but it's worth it. Amen. Okay, that is the lesson for this week. Make Christ king. Applications for this week. Yes, not questions, applications so that we can put these into action. Um, uh, I don't even know, like English is so hard for me right now. Anyways, so yes, read Romans chapter eight because it's a good freaking chapter, but read it with your partner. And then if you're comfortable with it, Take time to pray for one another. You know, like, regardless of where y'all are at in your spiritual walks, like, please, please try this. Just try it. And, like, I hope we can all take this time seriously. Read the chapter out loud together. Talk about your findings. Pray for one another, even if you don't have anything to pray about. I just, I, I hope this will be a really special and memorable time for each of us. But yeah, we can talk about how it went on Saturday, as well as anything that stood out from today's passage and lesson. Um, I know some of you can't make it out to this week's meeting, but even if you can't come, please do this activity together. Okay, thanks y'all. That is it and peace. Bye.